I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. I'm Patrick Cushman. And you're listening to Penske Material. You are aware that uh, Penske is interested in me. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Ooh, let's go racing today, boys. Yeah. He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Nice advantage, Martin. If you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. Kyle Busch is an ass. <sighs> you're not Penske Material. Welcome back to another edition of Penske Material. We're not Penske Material, but Joey Logano certainly is the number 22 in victory lane and back to the round of four. He will be racing for a championship in Phoenix. Uh, Pat, you got the representing Joey with the Pennzoil hat here. You got the 22. Um, do we bet? I mean, we, Joey's kind of been our, the, our, our shared guy th- this year. We, we both were both Joey fans. I mean, the first race of the year we went to at the Clash Coliseum, he won that one. And then we went to uh, the race in St. Louis, won that one. Um, you know, the Fords have been weird this year because, like, it feels like they had speed early in the summer and then they went on a stretch where they didn't. And now all of a sudden they, we, we find a Penske guy in the, uh, the championship. Yeah. And I mean, all of Penske had really fast cars from. The two to the 12 and 22, all were really fast. Sindrick uh, got in some trouble. Orville didn't finish very well, um, but was running in the top 10 most of the day. Um, and Blaney, of course, probably had the fastest car on track. Um, and he was, I think I picked him or Larson to win. I was looking, I, this is the second week that we've been, well, one of us has been really close because last week we both called Elliot. He was really close to winning. Both We picked the fastest cars in both rounds. Um, so unfortunate for Blaney, um, was looking really good on the points, even if he wasn't going to win. Now he's in an 11 point deficit, but those stage points really saved him. I think he had 16 stage points. So he's 11 to the negative, but as we've seen, those points can change really quick. Yeah. And, and from what it sounded like, he did, he wasn't very happy with the car and he was still riding up front most of the day. So unfortunate for him, but they get one in and. You know, anything can happen. We see these points swing really quickly. I mean, 11 points is really nothing in the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk about, because it was an exciting finish to the end of the race, but we're kind of burying the lead here. What everyone wants us to talk about, so let's jump right in. Uh, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson incident. So today, uh, it came down. Bubba Wallace got suspended for one race. Um, so if you've been living under a rock in the, in the NASCAR world and you miss what happened, uh, Larson kind of ran Bubba into the wall. He didn't want to lift, slapped the wall. And uh, he retaliated by hanging a left on him. Uh, kind of in the corner there, they're going 180 miles an hour. Pretty dangerous situation. And honestly, if Christopher Bell's not there to, to break kind of Larson uh, kind of spinning out, uh, there's a good chance he backs into the fence. And we know with the concussions of these cars, that could have been dangerous. So, um, Pat, we'll start with you. Was the suspension fair? And what was your take on the whole incident uh, altogether? Well, I think I'm surprised NASCAR actually suspended them. I was expecting 100, oh, 100 uh, driver points, 100 owner points, and $100,000. And the crew chief for suspended for three races or four races, which is what they do for every other punishment. You could kill a man, and they'd dock 100 owner points and $100,000 and four races with the crew chief gone. They suspended him. I was surprised, but I would have parked him for the rest of the year. Um, people have been complaining. Drivers are complaining about safety of these cars. Oh, these cars aren't safe enough. And you go out and drive like that. Um, not only is it dang, it's unprofessional. 
dangerous. We, I think we forget because the sport has gotten so much safer. This is a dangerous sport. People have died doing this. At these speeds, people easily die, especially at Las Vegas. We saw Dan Weldon die almost in that exact spot. And so driving dangerous like that is really uncalled for. It's unprofessional. And then him coming up to Larson, pushing him around, pushing around a NASCAR official, totally crossed the line. His, and then his, his press conference afterward at the reporter made it even worse. Um, he, he was just a jackass, really. And I would have parked him for the rest of the year. See, I actually think his – interview with the report was like the one smart thing he did in that entire sequence where he didn't admit to it. Like it was blatantly obvious that he turned directly into Larson. What we saw with William Byron, when you admit that you do something, then it's a lot easier to spend him. So, you know, of course he said the steering thing. But I think that was the only smart thing he did. I mean, like you said, there's, there's three strikes really to what happened. Obviously hanging the left at, at that dangerous of a speed. So there's the strike one. That's obviously the most severe of them all. Then getting out of the car and walking across an active track, which NASCAR is cracking down on, there's number two, and then obviously pushing the official out of the way, strike three. So I think the suspension is um, fair. Uh, I do have an issue with the people saying that he needs to be parked the rest of the year. Now, I think NASCAR set a precedent already. We saw with Noah Gregson turn it. It's like he caused a 20-car pileup in Road America. He didn't get suspended. Uh, we've seen... Uh, Carson Hosevar driving like a jackass all season. He hasn't gotten parked or, or suspended a race. And, you know, what? not to excuse what he did, because I think be because of the speed, and that's why he's getting suspended because it was so dangerous. So that's why, obviously, he deserves that suspension. But Kyle Larson said it too. Like, everyone does. Everyone's turned, like, you know, intentionally wrecked guys. The difference is because is of how fast they were going. So, I mean, it was suspension worthy, sure, but I think being parked for the rest of the season is a little extreme, especially considering the precedent NASCAR set with a lot of these other guys. Uh, I mean, Byron gets suspended for intentionally wrecking someone on your yellow, and he admitted it. I think Bubba Wallace is held to a different standard than everyone else, and we all we all know why. He's held to a if if this was any other driver, if it was Kyle Busch, all of his sponsors would have left. Everyone, Kyle Busch would have gotten kicked out of his ride. The sponsors would have left. If it was any other driver, they would have gotten they would have gotten put on death row. But because it's Golden Boy Bubbles, he doesn't he hardly he gets a slap on the wrist. He gets to sit out a race. How many drivers have you seen like walk over someone on pit row and, and throw a punch? Oh, but didn't throw a punch. I mean, all he did was the show. Yeah, but that, but those are fights. Those are yeah, I mean, Larson goes up and says, No, I'm not fighting, and he slaps his hand away and keeps pushing him. Stop pushing. Yeah, I mean that's not the most egregious thing we see in the world. So I don't know. I thought I think wrecking someone at 180 miles an hour is I don't know. I think that's pretty bad. I do too, but the <laughs> president's been set. We're like, you know, Osivar's just hanging lefts on people in the middle of a straight two. That he doesn't get suspended. No Gregson cause the huge wreck. Thousands of dollars of damage. Well, I'm not saying that just because that they didn't get suspended doesn't mean that they should have. NASCAR needs to clean this up. Well, I agree. You know, I understand the whole boys. Yeah, the boys have at it, but it's gotten too far. They, they this, you're driving at the top level of motorsport in this country. This isn't, you know, Saturday night dirt racing at your local track. Um, it shows some professionalism. Um, they need NASCAR needs to clean this up, and it starts with suspending guys. 
Yeah, and I agree. And that's why I think this suspension was fair based off because they've been so lax with everyone else. So once it's the, the one race suspension is a big deal. Now you could argue it could be a lot more, but if you're going to not suspend all these other guys for doing stuff they did, then, you know, I, you can't just park him for the rest of the season. All of a well, sudden, because the driver's safety has come up so much. Too. No, I agree. I have been complaining. I mean, I think that's too, I like, well, they're saying like the drivers keep complaining about driver safety and then they're driving out here like that. I mean, that's kind of, I think that too, why is, why it was such a big deal was because of the concerns of driver safety that have been coming up in the last month. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if you're a bubble walls, like fan, like there was no defending what he did. But I mean, I think, like I said, he's held to a lot higher standard. He gets a lot more unfair criticism than he deserves. And, you know, I think, yeah, he's not perfect. You know, he's got a lot of flaws. Obviously his anger got the best of him. I think the one race suspension that it was appropriate. I think, Consider based off of the history that they've done, because if you if you suspend them any more than that, then it doesn't. I mean, that's not a very good look either. Based off of everything else, they've let other guys get away with. So I think they're kind of just this is like drawing the line and stand. It's kind of like your war, the warning shot to everyone else, because now all of a sudden they decided to suspend someone. And I think too, it's a playoff race too, so you're getting a lot of exposure from that. So like that's not like. That's a big deal. Like the sponsors aren't happy with them. The team's not happy with them. I think the message, I think the message there was sent. I don't know. I think we'll have to agree to disagree on this one. Fair enough. Um, I'm also, I will say too, I think it's very telling the fact that, I mean, Bubba did have a reason to be upset. Was it an overreaction? Absolutely. But the fact that Kyle Larson was like, I mean, he knew what he did. He's racing hard. He's racing hard. They didn't make contact. Wasn't an aggressive move, yeah. But I mean that. I mean, I was. Still, I mean, it's not like he yelled about the car. He could have stopped him. The way these tow lengths. See, we don't know. I mean, yeah, probably. But the way these tow lengths have been breaking so easily. I mean, could he? I have, yeah, but he, that ruined his chance to win. Like, could he have been, kept? He wasn't going to win. He wasn't fast enough to win. Though. He won the first stage. They had a top ten car easily. Yeah, yeah, I think he would have had a top. He touched. He kissed the wall in the back end. I don't think the tow link was broken. But I guess we don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll never know because he decided to throw a jumper tantrum and wreck wreck both of them and his team. Well, not his teammate, but sort of his teammate. He totally ruined his chances. Now Bell's got to win. Yeah. Once again, I will also say this though. Um, if you're going to wreck someone like that, <laughs> you, you got to keep your car in the race too. There's no point in intentionally wrecking someone if you're just going to take yourself out. So he didn't even do that uh, correctly. But um, I, I don't know if you heard Joey Joey's comments today. I, I think he kind of hit it on the head. Um, you know, he kind of, he can put up basically so the same thing you did that probably you, you could have killed someone. So it's was, it was a big deal. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's why, that's why I got suspended for the race. So we'll, we'll see if he, Learn some of it moving forward, but I mean, to act like no one else has done that is ridiculous. Like everyone, does. Kyle Larson did it at the Clash. Like everyone, everyone attends the race. Not at that. Not at 180 miles. I mean, there's a difference between pumping a guy, spinning a guy, and just like flat out. I mean, that, and flat out trying to kill a guy. And that's you. I mean, you went out and if you're gonna kill a guy. That's how you do it. 
If, I mean, if, if, you know, they throw a caution there or even in the next corner, if he bumps them, gets them off the line and puts them into the wall, I mean, that's one thing. But, I mean, that could have gotten really bad. I mean, and if, like, 30 years ago with those cars, he would have died. Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance. There, there's a good chance. But, I mean, the hate he's got, I mean, it's a lot more volatile reaction from him. There's not another, outside Kyle Bush. there's no one that gets booed more than him. So, like, the fans, I mean, of course, uh, I think it's a lot more I mean, we know why. Kyle Larson told everyone on the live stream a couple years ago. Um, anyway, let's go to the uh, happy part of the, uh, the, the, the one good thing to come out of the race. Although, honestly, if you're Vegas Motor Speedway, I don't know if you saw their terrible meme game. NASCAR, they act like they, they're so appalled by these things happening, but they, they love when stuff like this happens. The gonna... of what, of yeah. what came out? Huh? Was that, are you talking about the leak that, well, it wasn't a leak. It was Las Vegas Motor Speedway. They posted that meme and then took it down. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw that. NASCAR loves it too. Like, they're gonna use the that like bubble pu- pushing Larson and like all of their advertising for next year. We're gonna be no one's gonna remember this race. It's all gonna be remembered because of that incident. It's gonna be in all their promos. They love when drama like this breaks out. This was a great race. Yeah, I mean, I I did too. And instead of us talking about, oh, how it was a great race, and, you know, there was good racing, front of the pack, middle of the pack, um, and instead of talking about that, we're talking about this. So yeah. it, it kind of sucks. It's like every time there's, like, a positive, there's always, like, a, like there's been so many negatives in the sport lately. There's finally, like, one pos- positive, and it just gets overshadowed by this negative. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only two good races so far in the playoffs, and Bubba's dominated the headlines of both of them. This one more so. But as you alluded to, the end of this race was fantastic. Uh, you got two of the most aggressive guys in the sport, Ross Chastain up front, Logano right behind him. And this was also the reason this race was really good, because they had a bit of everything. The racing was solid throughout. I don't think the mid-pack racing was as good as some of the other you know intermediates we've seen, but it, it was good near where it had to be, especially near the front. And we saw some strategy come into play, too. Logano took the head, the four fresh tires. The uh, uh, Chastain was on the older tires, longer run up front, trying to hold them off. I think he did an excellent job blocking them. That was a really fun battle to see. When you got two aggressive guys like that, you know, I think a lot of people were, I, I was not, I was going to, I'm honest, I'll be honest, I was surprised uh, Logano was patient and he didn't bump him out of the way because he barely, very easily could have, especially for a guy with a reputation like Chastain. I don't think anyone would have felt sorry for him, but they raised hard. Chastain did a great job holding them off, and Larson was patient, made a good move to get to the front. So I I was happy with it overall. Um, like you said, very entertaining, very uh, good finish, good hard racing, and that's kind of what we wanted because we, we've been due for a race like this. Yeah, I think, the, like I've been saying, like people are ripping on this next-gen car, but the mile-and-a-half racing, man, it's refreshing. It's, it's nice. It's very good racing. Um, like you said, this was this was a really good finish to a really good race. Um, and like you said, I mean, a lot of times you don't see that much strategy anymore because there's like cautions every 10 laps, it seems like, especially at the end of the race. So by the end, everyone's almost on the same tires or there's not a huge tire advantage. But here we saw that um, we saw Logano give up the track position 
fall back. He was the first one on pit road. And I think one of the commenters said, he's like, if you're Joey Logano, this is what you want to see. You're the first one on pit road. Um, and you're just looking ahead at guys with older tires. Got cautions when he needed it. Made the moves how he you know knows how to do. Um, and he let his talent take over. And his talent brought him to victory lane. Um, so 22 and 22? I don't know. I think so. Very well could be. He's peaking at the right time. And now here's the also the big advantage about winning the first race playoffs. The next two weeks are kind of throwaways for them. They can focus all their efforts on getting the car right for Phoenix. Like all their strategy and research can really go into that final race. And it's not like they don't want to try these next two, but like you really don't have to put a whole lot of effort into it. All their attention on that 22 team can now return to Phoenix, which, you know, I think is kind of a big advantage. And I think it helps Blaney out too, because a lot of, you know, for these next two races, you know, they're not. 22 doesn't need to be, you know, looked at as much. He can spend some time on the 12 car. And I think for Joey, too, is he's looking at Phoenix and he's looking at his chops. Uh, he's one gateway. He's really good at gateway. Um, and one Darlington, too, and was very good at Darlington all day. Um, those are very similar racetracks to Phoenix. Kind of that, not a short track, not a one and a half intermediate, that kind of <coughs> healthy medium. Joey's been very good at those, so I don't know. I, I have a feeling. I, I just have that feeling. I think Joey's I think Penske's hitting their uh, hitting their uh hitting their stride at the right time. I think, you know, with both Penske cars are fast. They had testing at Homestead that they said went very well. Um and then Martinsville they're typically good at. So um I think it, there's a possibility that both Bellini and Logano get in. Uh, I think Elliot takes up the other spot, and I was very impressed with Chastain. So but that's my updated four. It's Chastain, Elliot, and the two Penske boys. I could easily see it because, like you said, Bell really has to win. Briscoe, I mean, I don't know how he does it. He always just scratches and claws. I don't know how the hell he finished fourth. He looked like he was terrible that entire first stage, got lapped at one point, and then found his way to fourth. But I, I agree with you. Like, I feel like at this point, the, the glass, like, the hourglass is going to run out and, you know, the glass slipper is going to fall. I, I don't see it happening. Um, Elliot's got, I kind of put himself in a tough position uh, with that one, but I, that seems to be the story with him. The last three rounds, his first race has been pretty awful. All, all three of them. And, you know, he still sneaks through because of all those playoff points. So we'll see, but I actually agree with that, that four, I, I think, Wayne showed enough speed where they can claw back. Denny's going to be interesting, though, just because of how experienced he is. And I think he's pretty good at Martinsville. Uh, it's always chase, though. And yeah. chase is great at the concretes. Uh, yeah, that is true. I think Chase is with that buffer. I think you're right. I think I'm, I'm, I I think I agree with your your, your four there. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I just think Hamlin's been – I mean, Hamlin's been kind of silent this whole playoffs, and he's just like – like he hasn't – been contending for wins really well he was second in kansas yeah i mean and but they, he, he's not like dominating the headlines like he was last year last no. year it was he won two races in the playoffs and he had the spat with bowman and then he you know i mean he just seemed to be in the headlines all the time and then this year it's just kind of been quiet and that's sometimes good so you just focus on driving your race car and 
not worrying about the media or stats with other drivers. I will say we talked about Bubba's kind of lack of maturity earlier where it's, it's weird because he was showing a lot of steps of improvement ever since he was blown up on the radio at Nashville. And then obviously today took or uh, the race took a couple steps back. Ross Chastain, kind of a different extent, though, has really shown a lot of uh, maturity as a driver because we saw midsummer. It was the Ross Chastain uh, tour of just wrecking people. <laughs> I mean, there was the stretch at Gateway and then the next week at Atlanta. And then he wrecked Kyle Busch at one point. And it seemed like anytime there was a wreck, the one car was. Well, was we were there front and center at Gateway. He was yeah. pissing everyone off. You, I mean, yeah, first he wrecked um, Hamlin around turn two. Uh, then he later wrecked uh, Elliot, and so yeah, I mean, eight. Uh, I, say, I can't stand his interviews. Like the way like his demeanor is, he's like just like way too calm, and he talks way too slow and way too soft. It's like I, I, I don't know. I just I don't get. I just don't like that. You get like serial killer vibes from the world yeah. is after Indy when he just took a shortcut and like took the secret tunnel off the uh, access road and then popped out in front. And so then they like ask him afterwards, like, oh, did you like do that on purpose? And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, well, the, plus he's, he's got, it, it sounds bad, but he's got that lazy eye too. Yeah. Which doesn't help the whole thing with being the serial killer vibe. No, it's true. Well, I heard like, I forget who said, I think it was Jeff Burton um, or Jeb Burton. The one, the analyst Burton, the older Burton. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, yeah. Uh, where they're saying like, he gets like so locked in, he gets like tunnel vision and like, you kind of like got to like snap, he gets in like a trance almost and you got to like snap him out of it. We're like, he was like, yeah, it's conceivable that he didn't realize that he just took the access road and didn't do anything wrong there. I've, but, heard, I've heard about that in truckers, like, like big rig truckers. Yeah. Like if they're on the road enough, they get like tunnel vision. I've never heard of like a NASCAR driver getting that. Yeah, he does have a weird, especially for the way he was like driving so aggressively. And he's like, like you said, he's like, well, remember in Gateway, he's like, yeah, I just, I feel so bad. I need to do better. Like he was conscientiously like knowing he was doing wrong. Like it's not like Logano who just laughs it off and says, "Oh, that's ah, right." Take that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, or like I mean, even like Brad in his earlier days would just, oh, you know, that's racing. He'd be like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I just need to be better. I need to learn from my mistakes. But he would keep doing it. Yeah. And then the next week in Atlanta, <laughs> or two weeks later. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. But like, I will say he has shown a lot of, like he could have fought back with Logano. One, he was racing pretty respectfully. Logano took the lead. He could have thrown a bumper at him again. I mean, you see, him intentionally wreck a bunch of guys. I mean, uh, was it Coda where he bumped all Almond yeah. but while the way to win? But it was smart on his end because had he have wrecked both of them, one, you got a pissed off Logano later in the playoffs. So say he makes the championship, Logano doesn't. You know, Logano's probably going to get retribution. And two, like he would have thrown away all those points he had from second. So it was smart for him, like, hey, look, just finish the race in one piece. We'll race him, race him clean because he got second. He put himself in a really good position where I don't think July Ross Chastain necessarily would have done that so I think, too, I think this is setting up for a battle at of the bubble at martinsville i think we're going to see chastain and hamlin maybe around fourth and fifth closing laps of martinsville and then he owes him one then he owes him a bumper that's at the a very people that owe him several hundred 
But I think I think that could be a storyline too later. But we'll have to see. Homestead's first. I hope Homestead. So Homestead, another. I, traditionally, it's been pretty good. Now I haven't well, seen it this year. Yeah. So and there, there's been rumblings that it's going to be a lot of people like you have to ride the high line to have speed from everything I've heard coming from the test from reporters and drivers. So a lot of people think it's just going to be a parade kind of on the high line near the wall, which could be good. Cause there's a lot of chaos people, you know, you miss turn, you hit the wall, but um, there is a concern that it's just going to be single file tough to pass. Cause everyone wants to run the high line. So we'll see. I think, you know, I think that's, it's easy to look at testing where guys are probably driving 75 to 80% by themselves versus, you know, when you're racing for a championship, racing to get to a championship. I think it's a lot different. Um, I could see it turn out to, I think this is a Kyle Larson racetrack. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I think guys are going to try to find lines uh, maybe in the middle. Um, it could be like a California, like a Fontana mm-hmm. where you run that momentum. And then if you, break that line you really got to pass them otherwise you fall back could be like that like a michigan and fontana i don't know we, we we don't know we haven't seen it but i'm excited to see it i i think it'll be fun too and you you, you took my pick i was gonna say larson because he's got the famous larson line if anyone's good at running the wall it's kyle larson so um i i, I could see him being um quick there too I will say, you know what, as much as we were defending Bubba, I'll give Larson a little bit. Of, uh, I'll give him some credit. Um, he wanted none of that smoke when Bubba came in there. Didn't escalate the situation, which showed a lot of restraint. Well, and, to be fair, Larson is 5'6". Yeah, that is And true. Bubba, I think, is like 5'11", 6 foot. And Bubba, that McDonald's sponsorship has been treating him well. He's gotten a little... Popping out of that, uh, yeah, yeah, he's popping out of that fire suit there. Yeah. A couple more Big Macs away from 300 pounds, being honest. Um, but yeah, and then even in the post-race interview, you know, he could he had every right to be pissed because, you know, all he was doing was, you know, he's being aggressive. He knew he made a mistake, but he owned, one, he owned up to it. Didn't really throw a ton of shade at him. He's like, yeah, you know, we've all we've all done it. So I, I, will, I will say I give Larson... A lot of credit for all the talent he has. He is a very humble guy. I mean, we saw it earlier even. What was I? Th- I want to say it was Fontana where he wrecked and someone was like, oh, like, did you like, did he run into you? He's like, nah, I just made a mistake. It was, uh, it was, uh, wasn't Fontana because he won Fontana. Oh, that's right. Um, was it Vegas? It was really early. It may have been Vegas then. It was one of the, it was one on the West Coast. I believe. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, he wrecked you, didn't he?" He's like, "No, I just ran out of town." Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was really early, though. Yeah, but I mean, he he is a very mature uh, uh, driver, and he is humble. And I gave him credit for because he could have said he honestly could have went off. He had every right to be furious with Bubba. And he he kind of owned it. He's like, "Yeah, you know what I did? I would have been mad too." So I'll give him. Uh, some credit, but yeah, I, I think he would have to be my favorite heading in um, to uh, Homestead next week. And it should be a fun one. Um, other news coming out, Kyle Busch announced before the Vegas, or Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch announced before the Vegas race, essentially retiring. He's not going to be running full time uh, next year. Um, Reddick will be running the 45 car, which I think kind of worked out the way that everyone wanted uh, Childress obviously didn't want to pay for a third charter 
Um, and they're happy to get him in the car. But how would you uh, sum up uh, Kurt Busch's career? Kind of a weird one. Went from one of the most hated drivers to one of the most beloved and great team guy. Probably had a chance to be a contender this year, too. I roller coaster career, you know, shot out of the gate at Roush. Um, won a championship really early in his career. Um, then, you know, I had a falling out with them. Went to Penske. Very inconsistent. We heard all his temper tantrums on the radio there. Um, and then really just hit rock bottom. Went to Phoenix Racing um, in a really underfunded car. Um, and then from there, built his career back up to eventually winning a Daytona 500 with Stuart Haas Racing. Um, and then in his later years, finding success at Chip Ganassi Racing, winning a couple times. In equipment that, you know, quite frankly, you know, wasn't that great. Um, and at his age, finding that success and not only finding that success, but building teams up. And that's, you know, one of the things that Denny Hamlin wanted to bring Kurt over is because he, he's had so much experience and was almost like a mentor um, and just a really great asset for these teams. So, um, which is totally different than from where he was at Penske in the two and the 22. Um, so very roller coaster. Like you said, he's one of the most respected and beloved drivers in the garage. Gonna miss him. I mean, he's been here since Dale Earnhardt senior. Yeah. Was driving. So pretty crazy. Kind of a changing of the guard, changing of the times. Yeah, I mean, he Hamlin's really one of the last like old heads. I mean, obviously Kyle too, but, but, as you said, like Kurt was the last guy to run a full season with um, Earnhardt. So yeah. it's just and Harvard too is apparently going to retire after 2023 as well. That was what Gene Haas said. Um, yeah, I mean Kurt too. I I think he would have had people. Don't, I mean, his brother gets more of the credit, but he, he's just as talented. He went to the Indy 500 and finished sixth. I think it was, yeah. which is really impressive. Uh, not a whole lot of guys can do that if you're not like a full-time IndyCar driver, just hopping in one of those things. Um, and a lot of people say that's like the scariest race to run. You're going 200 miles an hour on an oval. You're going faster than that. You're going 220. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now, he, I mean, he had a great year. He won the race at Kansas. I think he could have made a little bit of noise in the playoffs too. So great career for him. Let's talk about uh, the Haas team, Stuart Haas team. Cole Custer. Uh, there's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, Gene Haas is not known for his well-run racing teams, Formula One team, kind of a clown show. And the Stuart Haas team, I mean, if it's not for Kevin Harvick, that team would kind of be uh, a clown show as well. So they're interviewing him, and they asked him about Cole Custer, and he said, like, yeah, I would like him to return next year, but basically Tony Stewart doesn't want him to. Um, which, I don't know why you would say that. Cole Custer... I, I stumbled on his Twitter page for whatever reason. And when he tweets, he gets like 40 likes. Like, no one, he's not even hated. He's so irrelevant. And he's so bad, too. I mean, he, yeah. he's like been, since his rookie year where he won, so he's automatically in top 16 points. He's He was like 25th. And I think this year he's like 28th. I mean, he's running like with Ricky Stenhouse. And, you know, I mean, his teammates in the round of eight. And his other teammate won twice. Yeah. So I think he's only there because of his dad. Um, he was a good Xfinity race car driver. He won in the Xfinity series this year, but he's got to go. 
I agree. I mean, it's, he hasn't really done anything. It's solid equipment. Maybe he needs more time. I think he's rushed up, but it's not even that. He's really just been like a non-fact. Like he hasn't shown any real speed anywhere. There hasn't even been any like flashes. Like at least yeah. with Justin Haley, who's also kind of a non-fact most of the year, there has been some finishes where he finishes in the top five. He shows some speed. It's like okay, maybe he got something there. Custer's just kind of. And this is his third year too. I mean, I, I get like the excuse all oh, last year. You know, it's his second year. Stuart Haas wasn't very good. Um, but then this year was like, okay, kind of have to turn it around. And he has three top tens. One was Indy, one was Bristol, and then the other was a super speedway, which kind of were all anomaly races. And let's so, be honest, the biggest problem I have with those comments, the NASCAR community, generally speaking, is going to take Tony's side. So you just make yourself look bad. You're putting extra pressure on Custer, because now he's going to go to his, he goes to his Twitter after the race and be like, what the hell? Like, Tony wants to be replaced. That's not going to do a whole lot for his confidence going uh, through the rest of the year. But I think you're right. It's clear that they need, he needs to be replaced. Uh, it's not working out there. It's a cutthroat business. He's not producing results. It's time for him to go. But I think that'll be interesting. I think uh, we were talking about serial killer vibes too. Cole Custer. <laughs> I don't know about maybe. I mean, I don't really. I've never actually like heard. He has, a, he has the worst. He has like a creepy smile. I've never really seen as like an interview of his where I could make. Well, that they don't interview the guy who finished twenty eighth, right? So <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. I if I if I was listening to a podcast and he was on it and I didn't know who was talking, I would not be able to pick him out of a lineup just like talking or they'd be like, oh, that's cool custard. Like, wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. Um, Fire Motorsports. Yeah, Ty Dillon gets the ride there, a fitting spot for him. I think that uh, ride fits his talent. Um, glad Corey LaJoy is staying there too. He doesn't really deserve a big boy cup ride, mostly because I'm still – uh, angry at him for <laughs> the Roval, but um, no, I think that's good for him. They having a teammate will help. I mean, you got two guys pushing each other. Dylan's another guy. I'm surprised he's still in the Cup Series. Not a whole lot of talent there, but you know he's money. Yeah, he get he you know big name, I guess, and uh, Spire's a fitting spot for him. So we'll see. I, I, mean, I think it's better than rotating like Landon Castle and Josh Balicki every week. Oh, totally. He's a step up from that, but I don't know. Ty Dillon, I mean, he's had every opportunity. I mean, and Eric Jones smoked them this yeah. year. Yeah. Good for Eric Jones, too, losing out on the big ride. And he had a, he had a pretty fine season. Uh, also, Haley Deegan, you know what? We were I was kind of dogging her a little bit last week, but she showed some speed in the Xfinity series. And I think, you know, a lot of people are saying the Xfinity series is a. Um, better barometer for driver talent than the truck series just because you know they're going like five wide on like the second lap and all wrecking each other uh she did a good job finished the middle of the pack i believe what 13th she finished so 16th um but yeah no not that's a that's a solid day and she's probably gonna get a full-time ride i would imagine well because dgr is moving over to toyota and she's contracted before so i think she'll probably be going to the x-men yeah and she brings a lot of sponsors with her as well um all right let's wrap things up here uh well also who, who's your pick are you going larson next week i think we kind of going larson yeah I, I, I think it's hard to pick against him it's impossible to yeah you can't you can never go wrong with the most talented driver in the series all right time for wrap of the week uh last week finally got back into the win column 
Um, which we needed that one. We were on a losing, <laughs> a little bit of a losing streak. So um, I'm going with, he, he's run this one before, but it's a sharp one. I'm stealing your boy's car. I'm going with Brad Kozlowski with the number six Kings Hawaiian Ford. Hey, you mean the, the Hawaiian roll one. Huh? That's also the first time they've run, won that, worn that one. Cause it's like the million dollar showdown promo that they're doing. They haven't shown that before, but they've just done like the Kings Hawaiian regular. That's yeah, I guess that's true. Um, no, I think it's sharp though. I, I mean, like the color, love Hawaiian rules. What's not to like going with the six? Um, I'm going to go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. They always um, bring it. With Kona Brewing Company, Big Wave, Chevrolet, which Kona Brewing Company, it's like a Hawaiian beer company. And their main beer is like the Big Wave Lager. Um, so it's kind of like got this teal. It's got surfers, some um, seaweed, like reef kind of vibe. Um, pretty cool. So that's a really good one. No, I, I, I feel like we picked Ricky Senhouse. One of us have picked them every week. They always have the good ones. I tell, I just Doherty knows what they're doing with the sponsorships there. He's always got a solid uh, paint scheme. But that's all we have for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week um, after Homestead, we'll be back.